Hello, welcome back everybody. This is Who Am I Podcast. Our homepage is whoamipodcast.com. And today's topic is all about the word should um, or, and the concept that goes along with it. Um, let's, let's come up with some example sentences to, to show what we mean. Um, what you should have done that differently. Yeah. Or I could ask you for your advice, should I go this way or should I go to the cinema to see this film? Um, meanings or usages of should that, that I'm, I'm not um, getting into today are, um, well, in, in American English, you, you could say, uh, you, you should go outside. It's, it's a recommendation. Yeah. It's, well, it is kind of getting to, to what we are talking about, where, where you're telling yeah. people what to do. Yeah, it's it's the, it's the freedom concept, isn't it? That's what we're really discussing. It's um, when you use a word like should, are you taking away someone's power by trying to influence what they do by using that word? Yeah. And it's a, it's a fascinating concept because it's something that I, like in the past, I would have scoffed at a little bit because to me, words are just words. Like we shouldn't take them too seriously. Like, like ultimately it's up to us as individuals to just react to these things like language and words but actually over the last few years i've been weirdly i have been thinking about this kind of concept of should realizing how impactful subconsciously and how toxic words can be if we use the if we use them over repeatedly over a long period of time because it's like it's like positive affirmations we can use positive affirmations to help ourselves over time become happier or reprogram or rechange our thought patterns to um be more effective and or happy in life the opposite can happen as well where if we use negative or if we use words that have negative connotations they can actually impact us and i hadn't fully realized that i didn't realize how they can just subtly over time affect people and should is one of those words that yeah to me i now cringe at a little bit i, I get a bit like i get a bit like mm, like it's a word that really like upsets maybe a strong word, but it, it can upset me um, when I hear people tell other people you should be doing this or you should be doing that. The, the first thing that came to my mind there was uh, when you're a child, you are very impressionable and therefore you will take on a lot of the beliefs and rules uh, yes, directed at you by adults, especially your parents or other authority figures. But I think what you're describing goes beyond childhood and adolescence. I think we're impressionable enough throughout our life, unless yeah. of course we train, you know, we really work on freeing ourselves from the, yes. the, those societal bonds that come that's... without us noticing them. Yeah, childhood is a good place to start to be fair. I mean, I guess let's, if you want to, let's talk about, I guess, how that influences us as children and adolescents when like i mean this prime example is again media and body image for example you should look this way or you should be you should fit in with the crowd or you should wear these clothes it's something that's always just again just baffled me because it seems so restricting I don't understand why 
that needs to be the case. The media doesn't even use the word should, right? No, so it doesn't. What, what exactly yeah. happens to, yeah. to convey the message that being thin makes you happy and being overweight makes you yeah. sad or worthless? I guess they, just, imagery, they just have it? to show thin people being happy, right? Yeah. And then an overweight person being isolated. Sad or, yeah. That, that's it's all hor- it takes for you to get so that horrible. message. Yeah. Yeah, that's how that's how subtle it can be to, again, not use the word should, but to um, show like that this is what they think we should be. Um, it's so subtle that it's, it can just come down to yeah images, and even again like um, from parenting and from school, you know, wearing a uniform. Mm-hmm. wearing uniform like this is what you you know um it stifles again that individualism and i think that's what yeah as as parents i think it's it's the easy path isn't it it's it's, it's easier if everyone conforms so if you like um let's say as a child you're i, I use an example um where I was quite happy playing football, but also making daisy chains and doing cartwheels and like these kind of things. And a lot of a lot of other kid, other kids, or were like, you know, you're being a girl if you're doing the daisy things and the and again, it's implying that you should be a certain way um, to conform into what is, I guess, traditionally seen as right and wrong or, or different ways when later in life I've realized that most things don't again don't sh- uh, most things should be accessible lol should I use the word should most things oh man I'm a hypocrite uh, most things um wow I'm trying to replace that word that's really funny <laughs> it is a very common word yeah earlier you said um there there should not be no words to to have a such a bad influence on people yeah so so let's funny. analyze something that's so happened funny in naturally yeah yeah rather than contrived examples so when you say this should be the case you are saying um the reality is not the way it should be so it's not like your ideal of the world is that what, what you're saying there? That's fair. Yep, that's fair. Yep. So you have an ideal and it's in, only in your head. Yep. And it might be unobtainable. It might be totally unrealistic, but yep. it is something that you want to be the case. Now, yeah. why you do you hope. care yeah. that thing, that there's a difference between reality and idea? Yeah. Why, why is that something that you want to change or other people to usually others are the ones who should be doing something differently and you are doing everything correctly because you have that blind spot for yourself yeah i think i well i've seen the unhappiness in myself and others i guess i felt the unhappiness in myself and i've seen the unhappiness in others actually i've felt the unhappiness from others again empathy Mm -hmm. um where the minority again of people want to express themselves differently, want to identify again, they're, 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 again, who am I? They're, their identity, um, but can't express that. And that becomes very damaging. And I've seen how damaging that is. I've seen that lead to mental health problems, to fears, to 
ultimately for in extreme cases to um, taking of their own life. So it's it, that's why to me, I end up using the term should, like all, all things should be accessible, or I hoped that all things were, were could, could be accessible. Um, because to me, again, my perception of reality is that that would allow, would have allowed me as a younger child and as a teenager to feel happier in myself and I would, and it would have allowed others to be the same. Um, so expectations from other people, yeah, from let's say the majority or an authority figure, stifle someone's identity so much so that they uh, suffer from that yeah. and might might hurt themselves even. Yeah. Again, they feel that again. It's that right and wrong. Like yeah. the majority is seen as right, and therefore, therefore, and again, we've talked about it before. Where they're really in these situations, it, there isn't necessarily a right or wrong. It's just a lot of different things, and but society and culture make it so that it actually does appear to be a right and wrong. Which again, for my personal opinion, is a lie. Um, yeah. Because again, we're just being ourselves. And we're not in these situations. We're not harming anyone by, again, the example for me is again clothes. Like you know, I would wear baggy jeans and uh, band t-shirts and whatever else that had you know music related and expression of self. And so many people. I mean, so many people were accepting. So many people weren't. Lovely, nice. But again, I you know I got beat up a couple of times just for that. Like at school, like um, just for what I wore. Um, because I should have been the way that they um, thought was right, I guess. Hmm. So everybody's running around with these ideas in their head about an ideal world, and it causes them pain whenever they discover something that contradicts that. And then rather than change what's in their head, they change what's in the world in front of them yeah but they don't even know well they usually don't even know how the idea got into their head yes. so so i guess if i want my life and my surroundings to be more harmonious all i need to do is change the ideas in my head right yeah or i might even be able to get rid of them entirely so that i am not trying to impose anything yeah. on my surroundings and other people I would just be uh, an observer or a discoverer. And I think life can be very rewarding and, and fulfilling if you're constantly discovering new things that you didn't know were possible or that existed. Yeah. I think that's how children live in the first few years of their life. Just everything is new, everything is exciting. They, they tend to repeat a lot of what you say and they love doing that. I'm, I'm not sure why. <laughs> I guess they enjoy fulfilling your expectation. Um, yeah. So that's not exactly the discoverer I was talking about. But but I'm trying to see whether um, or what we can learn from small children. Oh yeah. Again, there's a lot of intelligence and a lot of wisdom in what and how kids perceive the world before they are influenced by society and again what should and shouldn't be because that's where they start to grow up. They start to grow up and are influenced by, again, media, parental uh, behaviors about what is, again, 
technically what, what is perceived as right and wrong in that culture or uh, setting or environment. Um, where without that influence, it'd be very interesting to see again the behaviors that would mm -hmm. take place um, without the just the, the, the um, like even for example, again, we, it's fascinating is knives and forks, utensils. Mm -hmm. So kids love to eat with their hands, you know, that's how they do it to start off with. Then we teach them to use these things. And actually, if you want to like really think about it, it shouldn't matter. Again, I shouldn't. Ah, I use it, you're using the terms. Um, to say it doesn't matter. In, in doesn't my matter. Opinion. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, because actually, whatever. Like, I actually from time to time do. I still I eat with my hands. I, mm. I eat the food. Like again, not obviously we do for like a sandwich or whatever. But even like again, it's a bit weird. People are gonna think I'm strange. But again, I don't care. Like baked beans, like something like that. And actually, you know, you should be should be using a fork or whatever because it's seen as polite or yeah. And I wouldn't. I still I'm still at the stage where I'm not gonna do it in public because like <sighs> the level of criticism would be too high for me to probably be able to cope with. But at home, just you know, it's it's fun. It's fun. It doesn't stop. Like all you have to do is go and wash your hands afterwards. Like, <laughs> like. It's so, yeah, to me, again, to me, opinion, it's so strange that we've, yeah, um, created a lot of these um, perceived correctness, um, politeness, or um, ways of doing things. People like to debate um, whether it's normal or, you know, acceptable to eat a pizza with, with cutlery or without. Yes. So well, that's a case where it's... It, just the reversed um yeah I, I use cutlery but i think most people don't so. i use cutlery sometimes yeah, yeah. i vary but yeah sometimes yeah makes it into it just whatever i feel like but yeah um you you were saying offline um that we could use other words instead of should potentially yeah again and maybe maybe that is a way around it yeah um, so uh, what do you think about words like uh you are supposed to or you ought to Again, they still, I, guess they, I guess they still have the same. It's again, it's, it's a difference between an absolute and a variable, I guess. Like the word like could implies choice. Mm -hmm. Whereas should or you ought to, or you have to or whatever, seems to take away that element of choice. Um, and to me, you know, choice is very important. It's a very important concept. Um, and so if we're using absolute terminology, like should, it shows that we are, again, imposing our own perspective, maybe too strongly. Maybe, maybe there's a middle ground that um, we can start to use that stops it being so forceful. Um, but then, like, and when we talked, again, maybe tangenting here but we talked a little bit about you mentioned maybe i think it was about um ways to ch was it? oh it's gone now my from my head ways to change um that i guess that behavior and whether it's passive or active because you talked about being an observer and mm -hmm. being um and how that awesome that can be but actually if we want to if we want to have some level of impact on the world 
um, and change the things around us for again perceived positive because we can I mean, we can learn we can know what is right and wrong to a degree again i'll be blunt i i personally believe that more freedom is is right you know if you're under a situation where um you're being told what to do all the time to me that is seen as that is wrong that's just like to me that's an obvious and so having an having an influencing having the opportunity to influence the world around you to help people understand these concepts like we're doing with the podcast if they want to come along and listen and whatever then it will change things it's not just a passive so where's that again we've talked about before i think where that line is between again telling people they should do something or inviting them to come and grow with us and be part of this and yeah that's where i think this discussion is kind of based around is where is that middle ground between um the absolute of you should be doing this or the absolute of sit back and do nothing and just let things happen and then find the middle ground of how to actually change our world to a positive yeah i I like that i i think another way you could describe that idea is um are you using violence yes to impose your ideal or not uh that that middle ground thing is is just an invitation yeah i i think um a society that has so imagine two societies one has more laws than the other what does that tell you about the society but the one with does does the society with more laws have more order and more harmony no i think it's just the opposite the one with less laws has citizens that control themselves better yeah if it, that, it, 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 it if they're functioning healthily, then yes. Because again, in that situation, it could, it could go, if they have less laws, depending on the society's history and culture and whatever, it could actually lead to a very quick change in that, a lot more violence, a lot more, um, I guess, and then, then they would need the laws to protect it. So, okay, yeah, I see what you, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. pose the question perfectly, uh, but- But no, it's okay. I think you, you get my point. I get your point now, now that I've gone through it in my head. Are, are the rules yes. by which you live your life external or internal? Yeah. And okay. ideally, we would need no external impact, which is usually force or, or yeah. violence, or the threat of violence often is enough. Uh, yep. We would just need, um, I don't know if you could call it discipline or um, just a voluntary harmony, I guess. Yeah. All right, as you know, I like to always mm, talk a bit about linguistics in our topics. And with words like should or ought to or supposed to, um, they're, they're usually used with, with you. You know, you should do this. But what about, is, is there any other person involved in this action of shoulding, we could say, um, is so if if you should do something, then you're the shouldy, and <laughs> and who is the shoulder? It, they're they're usually not mentioned, but in my opinion, whenever there's a sh- shoulding going on, um, then there's also shoulder, or maybe it yeah. sounds maybe it sounds more relatable with with the word suppose. If you are yeah. supposed to do something, if no, we usually say if you're supposed to do something. Well, it it helps if you say you are supposed to do something. Then there's supposing going on. You are the supposee, 
Yeah. There's always also a supposer. But we don't mention the supposer because sure. Because, well, I'm not sure why, but there's you what is the thing that we're using as a template of what you should be or should be doing? Interesting. I like that a lot. It's a it's a concept in our minds, but yeah. it originates from somewhere, right? I didn't come up with uh, using utensils to eat. Yep. So I was given that. I was born into that system, um, just like I was born into a set of laws and into an economy. And now I'm suddenly expected to work by the same guidelines as generations before me. Well, what if there's an alternative? Well, we don't we don't do that that way. <laughs> okay. Do, <laughs> yeah. do you know why? Do you know where that ever came from? It's just it's just tradition. You know, sometimes I even question traditions that I do enjoy, like like Christmas. Yeah. Do we have to do it that way? Do we have to do it then? Yeah. Do we have to spend money on and trying to fulfill each other's expectations without knowing them sometimes? <laughs> yeah. It's it, it, it there's a lot of um deep psychological and emotional like influence if we don't like like from these say traditions like um that just go on for generation and generation when actually people don't enjoy them they don't actually make them happy like again christmas is a prime example like I think people are starting to, you know, branch branch away from it a little bit and be more like, okay, let's keep it simple, just meet up, no expectation. As you say, that word expectation is really important, um, and then just enjoy each other's company, um, because like constantly, like eighty percent of people that I know seem to be miserable around Christmas. Like they might enjoy the day itself. I think like the day itself, just that chill day. To be able to spend time with maybe, maybe again actually maybe not because again trying to sort out the food trying to sort out the presents trying to get like um having to deal with certain members of the family that actually don't get on well with but because you're forced to and you should get together then it causes stress and pains um and that obligation to do things when you don't necessarily want to i personally believe yeah it's very controlling and very toxic um because yeah, there are things that we, you know, that actually is healthy to do that we may not want to, like, you know, things like having a shower, like actually, you know, if you don't shower for a certain amount of time, it's going to affect your health, it's going to affect things. Um, so, you know, we should do that for our own benefit. There are actually positive shoulds, I guess. Um, we, you know, I should take my medication, like that is something that I should do, because without that, my health generates um it's finding i'm you know, going on a tangent here let's go back um again like the family obligations for christmas traditions um it to me again it just seems very unhealthy that we have to keep repeating these patterns and i think, I think a lot of things that we should do are, have have the intention of us uh surviving and avoiding pain. I I can't think just as you were talking, I I couldn't come up with any example of something that you should do that you don't need to do. <laughs> you know, you you should be having fun, 
well, that can happen. When, when if, if someone says, hey, we're at a theme park, you should be having fun. <laughs> then yeah. having fun isn't necessarily uh, a survival thing in that, in that context. It's more of a fulfilling an expectation. Yeah, I guess so, there, there's, there's, there is loving ships. Like again, if I've, if, if I've been stabbed and someone's like, you should go to the hospital. Yeah. Like it's because they care. They're not trying to enforce a negative upon me. It's they're trying to make sure I go get the care that I need. So right. I guess there, there is. So there are things that we should do in order to survive, you know, like the shower example and the stabbing example. And then there are things we should do in order to fulfill someone's expectation. Okay. Yeah. And, and the expectation thing is similar in nature to survival, but maybe not as obviously. Um, survival is, is, we often think of as something physical, right? You're bleeding yeah. or you're infected and that needs to change. Yeah. But, but let's think of, of um, mental survival, which, which is imaginary. Yeah. Um, if I identify with, um, I don't know, but men should have short hair. You know, if, if I, and then if, if I let my hair grow and someone says you should have short hair, you're a man, then, or, or if I, no, let's make it simple and say, I think to myself, I'm a man, therefore I should have short hair. Why is that so important to me? Well, because of the thing that, that says men have short hair, women have long hair, and, and I identify as a man. And if other people might think due to long hair that I'm not a man, then my identity as a man is gone and I cease to exist as yeah. that. And so that's like dying. Yeah. Your identity is, 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 is invalid, basically. And so like you talked about a few minutes ago about trying to find the root of these things, trying to yeah. find the root of these things, where they come from, will help debunk them, will help mm -hmm. us realize that actually it's most of them are just laughable. Yeah. When, 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 when you do find the, you know, and when you learn from other cultures, when you see other cultures do the opposite. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and like, to, to like that they value, again, use the same example, a man who has long hair. And that they're seen as more, you know, as more manly, maybe because they've braided up Viking style or whatever. And that they're seen as like warriors and like or it, beards. It, or beards. beards. I think is a very good example. Yeah. There are some cultures where if you don't have a beard as a man, you are yeah. effeminate to say yeah. the least. <laughs> and it shows you how much of everything is perspective. It just shows you. It shows you how much that the way we perceive things is what defines it. And therefore, we have a choice. We have a choice whether we want to follow that definition or move away from it, whatever feels happiest or most comfortable for us um, and our identity. And I right. think most people, most people don't, most people fear causing a fuss and and change. Therefore, things don't change because, again, of fear um, of standing above the crowd, uh, of change, of changing the tradition. Um, and that's again, that to me, that's a real shame. That we're in those in that situation but you know through all of most of history there are always the subcultures that push against the the status quo that um try to be themselves um and influence the mainstream to sometimes 
again in a forceful way by you know anarchy in the uk or like showing it like trying to be really outspoken and sometimes just doing it living their life as they are and it helps show other people that it's okay to just be whatever way you want to be yeah um, yeah i think diversity can be a real asset really um, right so you're talking about conformity um yeah. you don't want to make a fuss so that you don't get in trouble because like we said earlier um the majority or some bully uh doesn't like it when you stand out and you are basically claiming that they're doing something weird or wrong <laughs> uh, when you conform to other people's expectations it's usually at the price of losing your own identity um, you usually suppress what you would naturally do or want in order to fit in and not cause a fuss and if that goes on long enough then you lose yourself and not in the good way of losing yourself in something <laughs> but yeah. just just having no more concept of who you are and what you want you you become very dependent and that uh, can lead to depression and it can lead to you doing stupid things you know like like killing other people um i think when well i'm not talking from experience i have no military experience but but yeah. a soldier i believe has to be broken mentally by, by his superiors in order for him to believe stupid things like it is good to kill this other person it is yeah. for the usually for the greater good like yeah. i know that i'm doing something bad that i would never do if i were you know voluntarily or by myself yeah but since everyone's doing it and people in authority are saying it's okay and it's necessary and they might even say it's moral and valuable yeah. um I mean that is a tough debate in itself to be fair but sure, yeah sure I'm oversimplifying but yeah. I I don't know I don't understand how someone could kill someone and think it's it's a good thing to do even though I have friends in the military you know what that that should be our next discussion because I have a whole <laughs> bunch of things about that like sure. the, the nature of um yeah killing and whether it's a good or a bad thing and I'll probably come across as a bit mental, but I've, I've, it's, it's, it's something that I've um, looked into and meditated a lot on okay. about when's the right and not right situations to actually, um, or could be in if you were in those situations, again, like defending your family or again, going to war um, for various reasons, whatever. I think that's mm. a, it's a very interesting concept. Um, again, about, about identity, because again, it's finding out what your parameters are as an individual um, if you were put in in these extreme situations, um, because you don't, don't know until you do. Yeah, that's right. I don't know what I would do. Um, yeah, but right so, now I can say I don't identify as German. Yeah, uh, I have a German passport, and I'm grateful for the access it provides me. Yeah. But I am not patriotic. Yeah, likewise. Uh, I um. And I'm not putting people down if they do yeah. feel patriotic. It's, it can um, be it can be a healthy way of you know. Um, it's a bit it's a bit like what we what I said about Christmas. Like I enjoy celebrating Christmas, um, and that's a nice tradition to have. But nationality is similar because it's a tradition. And well, again, it's, it, hmm? like with us, we 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 want all options. We want we want to be able to make a choice without feeling obligated or 
um, pressured into doing something we don't want to, but we are very happy and very loving when it comes to other people doing the opposite of what we want. It's not like we're saying our way is, again, what we think is the right way, because again, that would be a level of hypocrisy that would be quite diabolical. It's being like, we, we just want more options available so that those for us and others that think differently are able to live our lives without feeling like we or other people like they are wrong or should do something. You know, it's helping everyone understand that, again, having Christmas is can, can and I hope for people is amazing. Like there is a lovely experience. But it's realizing that actually for some it's not and for some actually it would be nice if they could tell their family and be like actually you know what i don't want to come for christmas and the families go okay we understand we love you cool and go and do the thing and like that's what we're kind of talking about what we're working towards um error just came up again is it me is it my internet uh on my end everything looks fine okay error just came up for zoom don't know why anyway um so yeah, like that, that's what I guess that's what we're talking about with these all, all that we talk about really. Again, it's um, to jump back a tiny bit to the um, military stuff that we're talking about in a way is all these extremes that we talked about is we don't know how we'll respond until it happens. Again, phrasing here, should we or is it best to um, actually think about if we were in the situations how we would want to respond? Like again, that could be a discussion for another time. Um, and like if about these concepts, but yeah, like if we don't know how we would respond to it, is it best to analyze that to think, okay, would we potentially freeze in a defensive situation if our family was being threatened? Would we fight or flight? Because we know that we can override these conditionings. So actually, is it best to learn how to do that so that we act in a way that we actually want to act? Um, or would we act our natural reaction be aggressive like a lot of people are a lot of people in these situations would act aggressive and do the thing that could be harmful to someone else and themselves is it best for them to program and think about how they could um not act that way because it might escalate the situation again it's fair there are a lot of variables that in a specific situation we don't know how all those things would come to, to play but we can actually have the opportunity to at least that's what I do anyway, is to think about how I would respond and would want to respond in these situations. Again, I've gone on a tangent a little bit, but it's just interesting well, for our next discussion. It's an interesting question. I find it a very tough question. Yeah. Because um, the the direction that I'm trying to go in to be more at, at peace is to become more spontaneous yes. and intuitive. And so planning for a hypothetical situation you know for possible it's the opposite future of that yes yeah but i do see again, that's some over analysis that's yeah it's over analysis yeah. that can lead to uh, spirals of overthought and lead to again not being as you say um spontaneous and intuitive um yeah that's In, intriguing you know what i'm working on right now is becoming more sensitive to this voice that some people describe as a a wise voice, um, a, a very silent voice that is that is apparently always accessible if you make yourself accessible. It we we shut ourselves off to it, yes. and it, it has different names, um, but it's it's known in psychology 
um, not under a particular name I can think of, but Wise Advocate is one, for example. Yeah. Um, people, uh, especially intuitive people uh, uh, who are go-getters, uh, describe uh, that there is some direction uh, laid out in front of them, some path. And they didn't come up with everything themselves. Like they have to do the implementation of the advice, but they they don't feel like they're being pushed to do this. They yeah. they feel like they are actually fulfilling their their reason for living, their uh, identity, their destiny. Um, so it, that can sound spooky, but yeah. uh, the, these are these are peaceful, happy people, and so I'm curious. Yeah. Because I don't seem to have that, but I want to. Yeah, it's a concept that I strongly believe in. Like I'm not there yet, but I, I I'm getting better at listening to again the phrase that we use in, I guess maybe it's Western culture or British culture is your gut feeling. It's mm -hmm. listening to that like um, internal again voice that tells you how to respond in a situation before you start overanalyzing or using other factors. It's like, it's there before everything else. And then if you just, if you do that before everything else happens, that will be the most optimum way of doing things. Because what's fascinating by it is that we have all these, again, conditioned ways of doing things. And we think that we sh should do something one way in one situation and another way in, um, and should do it in this in this situation, but actually, following our gut or the wise person inside our, our self our intuition will know what to do in any situation and when we do it yeah. the optimum and it could be completely different response to a very similar situation so like we talked about with um if you know if your family is being attacked it, your intuition would tell you and you'd sense that you have to try and de-escalate the situation you have to try and tell this get this person talk to them trying to escalate them in another situation it might be to attack it mm -hmm. might be to this actually there's no way to de-escalate the situation so i have to respond in a way that will diffuse that person with aggression or violence whatever way we want to kind of word it um and our intuition would know that um and that's difficult that's difficult because again it requires um a level of um again intuition that is difficult it's difficult to try and deprogram all our different um internal conditioned beliefs i guess systems right right so one one thing you were saying there is uh, we need to judge situations on a case to case basis and that is very opposite to what law does right law yeah. if, from what i understand lawyers and judges try to find the one years. right yeah. formulation of how things should happen and not happen yeah uh, which i think is silly um yeah i guess it's is one way of dealing with society's problems but what you were describing sounds a lot better um in an ideal in my ideal uh, mm -hmm. society uh people would be in charge of their own behavior they would not be afraid of breaking rules and suffering consequences but they would they would have a much more positive motivation for doing things and not doing things you know because of the the happiness that it brings them and yeah. also if they're empathetic which ideally they would be um allowing other people to be happy 
and, and not preventing their fulfillment. But we're we're far from that. We and yeah. I I guess one way for a society to heal would be if, if everyone would do more work on themselves and and become more sensitive to that inner voice. And that inner voice, I believe, is something that connects everyone. I don't know how. Yeah. I, I guess metaphysically somehow. And and it's something connected to nature. You know, other species seem to have an innate drive to do whatever is best for their own survival and the survival of the entire species. But humanity is able to build machines and weapons that will, by the push of a button, destroy everything and everyone that lives yeah. on this planet. This <laughs> is crazy. So where does this great power and, and destructive power come from? Well, yeah. because we're able to build things in our minds uh, rather than following the voice and the, the drive that would make survival yeah. uh, personally and collectively possible. I do, yeah, I do love that, again, the nature thing, where, again, nature is violent and chaotic, but, again, as you say, the species, um, there are certain things, like, again, the goose thing, I think, it is where, you know, they swap places in the flight patterns and honk and whatever to make sure they they keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's I think there's buffalo that will um, stay at the back to risk themselves for being eaten by alligators or whatever when they're crossing a uh, to protect the young. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, sacrificing things. There's, there's a whole bunch of different things which they will do to protect the species. And, and yeah, we have all those traits as well. But again, we have a we have a level of um, consciousness which again is beneficial in many ways but can be detrimental as you say because we then shut off that um survival of the species um instinct and curiosity what happens if we create this or how do we um how do our nation survive over another nation again with all these divisions that we have um that then mean that we have forgotten that we're a species that we're humans that we're actually connected all together um and not separate and that's what is forgotten that's what's forgotten it's forgotten that we're actually connected and therefore we're just like oh we must destroy the other because that they're detrimental to our survival because they're different and have different beliefs and then it's just like blows you, blows your mind. Just... This reminds me of something I, I keep um, seeing in the Star Trek episodes, but it's also true about what's really going on in the world. Um, some, for, for a lot of people, the only reason to be united is when they have a common enemy. So, so we're constantly it, fighting. Oh my goodness, yeah, it happens so often. <laughs> it's happened so often in nations where the only thing that actually ends up uniting them is hate for someone else or another group of people. Um, Einstein said that the level of mentality that a person or a group of people had when a problem was, you know, came into being is not enough to find the solution to the problem. You need to elevate the the level of, of mentality or, you know, whatever that means. Like, so you need to find ideas that are outside of the, the, the regular search space. Yeah. Um, that you would have you need some kind of innovation you need to break out to find solutions and i am not a historian or an anthropologist but um 
I, I, I've heard some TED talks on the subject that people's had leaps in mentality that helped them to create more uh, peace and more harmony among themselves and their neighbors. And so I, I think that that's a great uh, example as well to, to guide us and, and to give us a bigger picture because we usually think we know it all. <laughs> and therefore we know, we know what is possible and what is impossible. And if something to my mind is impossible, then I won't even try it, right? Which is actually stupid <laughs> because it is impossible for me to know what's impossible. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a contradiction, but. Well, again, uh, contradictions and paradox are, are important. There are interesting things that should be studied and should be, people be, we should be comfortable with. I think we're all, we're all in danger of intellectualizing ourselves out of yeah. some great innovations and freedoms uh, yeah. by, by believing that something is impossible. So rather than just solving or working through things in your head and then hitting a wall, we should just do more of testing and experimenting yeah. and then find out that, oh, actually there is no wall and there would have been a solution if, if only I had looked there. Yeah. And again, th those places that we look are, are, can be scary. Again, they, they can be mm -hmm. scary. So that's what, again, what puts us off. Um, and I think like, again, a few sentences back, I use the word should again, lol. Um, but I think that um, we, I think as a society, again, there's a lot of polarization. There's a lot of uh, changes going on, rapid changes. And, but I think a lot of people are realizing the concepts we're talking about and um, it's that, and they're trying to break down the barriers again between nations and between these, um, these shoulds and should nots. And it's finding a way to unite us all. Like that's the next stage. That's mm -hmm. like, we're, we're all awakening to this, these concepts that we're already like becoming happier. Like um, a lot of us are becoming happier because we're realizing that our identity is the most important thing there is. And um, that um, once we get that sorted, once we are comfortable and in touch with that, it brings a lot of happiness. And then it's what do we do next? And that's a lot, that's, you know, that's what we're doing. We're discussing it, we're talking about it. And I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to, again, what comes next. But there has to, <laughs> Let, let's like, worry about that when we get there. We still have a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah, well, like, well, yes, but we could also again open that door before, like, again, like we just talked about, like, if we find the solution of, again, creating small communities, is that you know, discussing it like um, within amongst these um, uh, more open-minded people, and we do, we're doing it through the internet, and that's great. Like again, people connected that way but it's again finding a way to physically create those communities as well and establish a again more societies because we can't change nations like that we could try you know we vote we try work together we run for you know, we can we, could, we can run for like local governments we can do these things and make those changes within nations but that's a very singular way of doing it it's like okay but there must be Although I hope there is other ways to break out of um, these shoulds and should nots so that we're all just in a community where we can um, behave. Again, 
within, within boundaries of non-violence um, however we want um, because I would like to think we can achieve that um, I think that would be pretty cool and that's what we're working towards and I think we're doing a good job as a, again as a society as a humanity species I think a lot of us are getting there